But you gotta keep your head up Oh, and you can let your head down Hey, you gotta keep your head up Oh, and you can let your head down Hey, I know it's hard Know it's hard to remember sometimes But you gotta keep your head up Oh, and you can let your head down as we kick off another episode of the Mentor Roundtable, I'm going to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Gaggle. They've been a huge supporter of our program, our mission, our vision to continue to support educators each and every day. Check out Gaggle at www.gaggle.net. They are a real-time safety tool that ensures the safety and well-being of your students on their school-issued email and drive accounts. Again, thank you, Gaggle, for all your support. And another mentor table is kicking off right now. And there's Craig right on time after your awesome morning run I saw on Facebook. So that was awesome. Getting, getting some, some exercise in. So we are uh -huh. we're going to kick it off. And, and what a way to start that we, we finally we finally have our full team and it has made an appearance in some capacity. So Lauren, this is, this is your first on-camera experience. You've been on all the promos. You've been on all the, the information and on the website. But uh, tell us a little bit where you've been. So for, for those of for those who have been tuning in and, and watching, um, you've seen a, a rotation of people. But this is the first time we've seen you. But you've been, you've been a part of what we've been doing from the jump. But introduce yourself because you weren't even part of that day. So tell yeah. us a little about yourself. <laughs> tell us what you've been up to. And we're excited to have you back. Yeah, like end, well, I'm Lauren. End of August, I got sick with what I thought was just going to be laryngitis. And every week it just wasn't getting easier. Like I felt like I would have like a couple days and then boom, nothing. So I kept going back to the hospital. They kept just saying, hey, it's laryngitis. Eventually, finally, I went from subbing to not being able to sub, obviously, because I had no voice. And then getting better, finally getting better. And now I'm back to almost normal. I still am a little bit raspy, but I'll take it. And I kind of switched over during that in that time from subbing to now being a K through six resource teacher for a couple different districts in Ohio while I'm still in Texas. So I'm super excited to finally be here <laughs> being joined in and being able to attend on Sunday nights. Oh, that's awesome. And what, what is going on in, in education a year ago if we said, all right, someone's gonna live in Texas teach in Ohio and people will be like, whoa, that's really out of the box thinking, let's slow down. We don't do that in this profession. Like if, we have, if we're not me. in front of the kids, we, um, this, this, this isn't working out. So we're psyched you to be here. Dennis is back. Nice to see you. You've been popping in as guests a few times. So we are uh, almost at 50% capacity. And that is awesome because we're going to be talking about student agency today, student voice, and especially for some of our our new educators who are really starting to get into their first years in the classroom and the first experiences they had and student voice looks very different and, and advocating for yourself over zoom is very different in, in today's kind of setting, especially with, you know, seven of you are in all different. I don't think there's anyone in one specific, the same environment that, that either hybrid or in person and half and half it, it's crazy. So this actually started uh, Tuesday, uh, actually started a little bit while, uh, about two weeks ago, Ariel and I, Ariel and I were going to just prepping for hosting a chat on Culture Ed, a chat that I do weekly and I'm part of that group. And this was my week to host. And we just started talking about, did you change? <laughs> it's like Superman goes in and, and, and changes. Um, so we were talking about what are, what are some of the things that are coming off of the, the week off. We were talking about how are students who are, if you're in school in a mask, or if you're, if you're not, you're having to create your, your voice and agency over, over the computer. And we just started talking about it and that ended up being our theme. And we had over 400 tweets and, and really looking at it and we said, it's a good, uh, a good topic to jump off with both as our veteran educators and some of our new folks of what does that look like? So uh, I'm going to throw it out to all of you. And, you know, how would you describe student voice in, I won't even say the classroom, in education right now? What does that, what does that mean to you? Any of you, just jump right in. Well, I'll go, I guess. Um, I would say that I think sometimes our students don't even know what it means to have a voice. So sometimes we have to give them an opportunity um, or a push, right? 
to share it. I know um, there's, and there's lots of different ways you can go after. I know in my classroom, I mean, we have curriculum that we have to get through. There's goals that need to be met. Um, but we spend every Friday doing something called drop everything and create. And my students get to pick what they want to learn about, share about, or um, create about. And they get to pick the topic and we come up with a plan and they get to work every Friday on that with the end goal being something that they can visually share out on our classroom blog. Um, we do end of the month share out. So no matter where they are on their project, they can they they get they get to stand up in front of the class in front of the room or wherever they are and share out about what it is that they're learning about, creating about, or want to share about. And that I feel like is a, a really entry level way to give students um, a voice in my classroom, but they also get choice. And it also is just a really sneaky way for me to work on everything that we've been working on all week, but now they get to pick what it is. But I think just giving sometimes students choice in how they or what they want to learn about, even if we're working on the same skill, that can be a really great entryway into giving, giving students a voice in the classroom. No, that makes sense. And, and Emily and Molly, how have you, how have you worked it in this year? And because you're just entering the profession and just starting to get your own sea legs under you, how are you giving students that voice? Because that, uh, that adds a little vulnerability into what you're doing. Yeah. I was just saying to Emily, as we were talking about it, it's kind of ironic to think about student voice when I'm teaching fully remote and like every two minutes, can you mute, please? Can you mute, please? <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. That's true. Talk. But um, a couple of things that I've been doing is every morning, usually morning meeting in the past for me has been like a 15 minute thing at the beginning of the day, but it's kind of turned into like a 45 minute meeting every morning so that every kid has the chance to answer the question of the day and get to say their explanation. And it's been kind of hard but beyond that and kids have expressed that, but Google Meet just got breakout rooms. I don't know if anyone else uses Google Meet, but that was like huge. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was huge. That came through. I was like, whoa, what are those little circles and, and, and like, squares in the top right hand corner? And so we've just started using those and the kids love them because they get to talk to two or three people and they get to talk more in depth about what they want versus saying a one minute share out in the morning. So I think that having the ability to use small groups now is helping students be brave enough to use the voice when they're given it. Nice. Um, yeah, we use breakout rooms a lot too, to kind of go over that. Um, but one thing that I've been working in the last two weeks is, especially with my remote kids, so with in-person kids, it's different, but with my remote, it's crazy. I, I've realized that I haven't been able to speak with any of them one-on-one -on -one yet. So I've been putting students into breakout rooms and giving them things to asynchronously work on and pulling them one at a time into a breakout room and just talking to them about how they think school's going, like what they like best about Zoom learning. Some of them have very positive attitudes. Some of them don't and talking about like, what's your favorite part? And someone's like, oh, it's morning meeting or I really like to work on my writing. And so I really like when you give us word searches and little things. So it's been nice to talk to them one-on-one -on -one because you get to do that in person, but not on Zoom. So that's been nice seeing like what they're liking. And so I can try to incorporate those things and figure out how they are dealing with the technology. No, that's awesome. And, and Ariel, why was this something? And I know when we brought it up, you'd like jumped up and was like, yes, I want to want to do this. Why is this important to you? Student learner agency is everything. If a student doesn't feel accepted in the classroom and if they don't feel like they can take a risk or share what they're feeling or what they want or their personal choice, whether it's um, a book that they're reading or I love your idea, Carrie, of drop everything and just create something, we won't be able to build our school culture. And there's so many factors that's already so different this school year compared to in the past with the, we have plexiglass on all of the desks. My, I'm face-to-face -face five days a week and I have all of my students in the room. And with all of these factors, plexiglass, six feet apart, social distancing, special teachers come into the classroom. They eat lunch with the same 15 kids every day. Recess, same 15 kids every day they need to feel like they have some choice because so many choices have just been taken away. And being able to build in these choices and them to be able to have a voice in what we're doing every day helps them to feel some sort of normalcy again and keeps them excited about school where 
I was so afraid at the beginning of the year that my students wouldn't feel excited. They actually have told me just from like quick conversations or just um, exit tickets that I've been giving out that they're loving school this year more than they did last year because of how much fun it is and how much creativity we're building into the day. And they, they like having their own desk space. They like being able to pick out what books we're reading. I do a lot of polls, a lot of student choice, a lot of student-led discussions. I plan on having student-led conferences this year. So it's it's been great. And something that I was so afraid of has actually turned into the whole culture of my classroom. So this was a conversation. As soon as you brought up the topic, I was like, yes, I'm on this because I'm doing it, but I want to learn more because I want to make sure that we can sustain this the whole year. Yeah, it's already yeah. October and I'm learning so much and growing so much, but we have to keep up with this until whenever this is over or at, or at least until June. Yeah, 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 definitely. Or I was gonna say, maybe it won't change, Ariel. Like I yeah. keep saying, I, I really hope that so many good things come out of this new way of teaching that we're gonna, we're not gonna let them go because they're really valuable and they're, the changes have been hard, but they're, they're good changes and maybe it doesn't have to go away, right? Maybe this yeah. is something new, this is a gift of um, remote, you know, whatever this is, whatever this is right? Uh-huh. And you, you know, it was interesting in what you said, Ariel, and I saw Craig like nodding your head. When you, when you shifted from the, the, when we talk about student voices, them sharing their work, and, and Emily was talking about morning meeting, to that agency piece, students representing themselves and different mm-hmm. things. Craig, what, what were you going to jump in and, and, and chat with that? Oh, you must have known I had like that double duck. I saw you. I mean, before you go on camera, I saw, I saw, I was like, oh, he is raring to go. Let me just throw him a softball here. Oh my gosh. I was so like, interrupt me, please. I I want to hear what you say. (laughs) No, it's interesting. We just uh, had a full day in service uh, and I, uh, I, I've created a section called choose your own adventure. And so uh, staff members had an opportunity to choose like creating a Bitmoji classroom. And so you would think like this is just a tool for the adults, but the kids also, because they feel like there is an opportunity for them to build their sense of expression, creativity, um, and, and have the opportunity to really share like who they are and how they see themselves. And so what we're seeing is that as we are getting, um, getting more um, innovative, even though some of these things are things that have been around, because I mean, like, Bitmoji is to me what Sims was like when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking about the evolution of this. And some people are like, what is Sims? Like, what you know, what are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? But I'm also thinking about my SGA is also using that. So our Student Government Association is thinking about how are we going to leverage our voice, our collective voice to actually talk about, well, we are we going to have... <laughs> Okay, Christine. Um, are we gonna have like oh, always the positive voice from the background, right? <laughs> I see it. I see it. Hey. <laughs> um, I think about uh, virtual elections. Um, having students get engaged in um, environmental justice issues and things like that. But they're using these varying platforms where our kids are saying, "Hey, this is what's important to us. How are you as a school gonna um, position yourself to be?" Um, you know, a champion in this area? Are you going to create an opportunity for us to explore this, have conversations? What are we going to do if we, you know, and I'm really excited by the fact that I have a, a, a group of young people who are like on fire because they're seeing that we as a school community are not only allowing them to create spaces, but we're also being pushed because they're now bringing us into their spaces to say, these things are important. What are you, the adults going to do about it? No, that, that, that's awesome. That's um, great points. And like, when you think about student voice, at least for me, um, it was always funny to me that we have to remind ourselves that student voice is not compliance. Yeah. Student voice doesn't just align with like the way that we as adults think kids should answer and respond to things. So when you're talking about student voice, it's like so critical that you are open and you're welcoming to what the students bring before you if a student brings something up about social justice right now that's student voice how do you hear it how do you let them internalize it because it's all about becoming greater critical thinkers and one of the things that I noticed that happens a lot it's probably not happening a lot right now because we're not in person as much um, because of all the shifts but a lot of times when we advocate for the student voice there's this moment where we like we're like pause wait until I call you to talk to you about this later where student voice like you have to give them that space to articulate their thoughts to articulate their feelings and to like not hold them 
accountable for your different perspective or viewpoint at that moment. It is about that dialogue and challenging each other's thoughts, which in sometimes in our minds, we go compliant and it becomes more of a, you're disrespectful or you're being defiant. Like understand when you ask for student voice, they're gonna give it to you and then they're gonna to to advocate for themselves. And as adults, we can't be so uptight where and rigid where we're like, oh no, that's not the way it was supposed to go. Yeah, well, and I just want to jump in with with voice kind of off message for a minute and then get back on. I have an intro some vulnerability here through that because that's that's part of this as well. I have not been able to figure out each week we've been doing this and I've been moving some guests over and, and then and then back. And then the week after they're like, I can't get in. I can't get in. I'm like, I, and I, you've seen the in the, some of the emails like I don't know why people there's some people that can't get in. Well, apparently and, and thank you to, to Christine um Rebasi Weinstein who's been trying to get in for two weeks and I'm like I can't figure it out while you're doing this I went into the zoom feature and when you move people back you actually kick them out of any other meetings that's almost like kicking them out so just so you know there was like five people on there we finally figured it out if you watch this on the recording because you've been frustrated for, for two weeks so we couldn't get you back on Christine's with us now that is definitely uh, something that is fixed so I learned something today too so I think, I think with that, that's something we have to create a culture of, right? We have to create a culture of allowing students or us too, adults especially, to say, I don't know this, uh, help me figure this out. We are literally just texting live time now, like, hey, I want to get in. I'm like, I literally don't, I've been trying for three weeks to figure this out, but um, sent me a screenshot of what it said. I'm like, ooh, because I, I moved you over, that's why, and, and was able to fix that. How do we create that culture, both in our, in our classrooms or online to allow students to speak up and, and give them that psychological safety. What are some of the things you've done? We definitely, you know, for, for, for Lauren and, and Emily and Molly, this is their, their first go around. What would you, what would you tell them to do to start building that, that culture in their classroom or educational setting? Or what have you done, the three of you? Well, I would say that like one of the things we all can do is, is the same thing you just did. I think I also, um, I, I often wonder that sometimes some of us might strive so hardly, so hard for perfection that we stop realizing the real power in imperfection. And I think anytime as an educator, we can show our students how imperfect we are and then how we move forward through that or how we work through that. Um, we give our students a chance to see that being vulnerable and wrong or being right and 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 um and having a conversation about it are all valued in our classroom and i think that one of the things we can do is almost like what you just did is just showing that being imperfect or making mistakes are okay if we don't feel free to make mistakes no change is going to happen in our classrooms if nobody's feeling like they belong or that they can be vulnerable i think that one of the biggest gifts we can give to our classroom is showing our students that 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 being who they are and welcoming and really truly accepting them and that mistakes and imperfections are all part of being a student in our classroom but they're all welcomed and accepted and i think that's one of the big things that we can do as teachers to build to start building that yeah no absolutely i agree and, and melissa you're all online how what are and i saw that weather thing you were doing was it was amazing and i'd see some fabulous projects that you're doing but it doesn't just start with the with the the funfetti it starts it starts somewhere else how have you built the robust culture i would have to say it's a mindset i think teachers go into this and think they have to like carrie said know everything but if you go in with a mindset that those kids can teach you just as much as you can teach them then that trust factor is there and giving them that opportunity that academics will be there <laughs> the whole time but giving them the stage to where they can show what they learn, teach us a thing or two. Um, I know I had my one kiddo uh, create a graphic for my kids to show them how to broadcast on Zoom so they can share their screen. I didn't do it, they did it. And you would have thought they were so proud of themselves and right there is SEL. So you're combining all these things into voice and choice and empowerment, it's its huge. And this is such a passion of mine even before COVID hit is to know that my family, this is, I mean, I already graduated second grade, it's all them now. Mm -hmm. So this is their education, they're running the show, they're 
steering the ship and we need to give them that opportunity to do so. Awesome. Well, I would, sorry, I would add to Melissa's too, that if they, if they don't, if they're not available for learning, if they don't feel safe, not, none of the academics is ever going to matter. Like we'll never even get to it, you know? So like when Melissa said the academics will wait, they, they will wait until, you know, the kids feel safe and like they can be part of our classroom. Right. And, and no, absolutely. And, and Lauren, what do you know? You are switching roles. You're doing a couple of different things. How are you going to start building that culture and, and giving students that that voice in this new role? Like, what would that look like? Because some teachers are switching. And, and Dennis and, and Craig, I know, as building leaders, you're going to be there to. And, and hey, Jacqueline, nice to join us. Thank you. Um, what are you going to do to, to to build that up? And what would you two kind of help her out with? Kind of switching roles and now building it two weeks, three weeks, four weeks in. So for me, it's really about just being transparent and honest. I mean, if you would have told me my senior year, this is how my first year in education would have been, I would have never expected it. So for me, it's always saying like, I'm new at this and you know we're in this together. And if there's something that we have to do or if there's something that makes us uncomfortable, that's when the learning happens. You know, mistakes and being uncomfortable, that's where we really shine. And that's how we learn from our stuff. If everything was easy, we wouldn't have to be learning it. So it's really just about building that connection and just staying transparent and honest with them. And that everything is just learning experience so it's it's definitely interesting like moving how from where you know from subbing going in you know day to day to now being where I'm with consistency I'm with the same group and you know kind of building that rapport more but it really is just whether I'm here for a day or here for the rest of the year it's just being transparent and honest and knowing that's when the learning happens no that's great and and, and Craig and Dennis as, as building leaders how would you encourage that with, with your staff or what do you do? I've seen, you know, I've seen Craig live and in person. It was an ama amazing day. And, and I hope too soon for, for Dennis as well, get out to, to Milwaukee. But what do you, how, how do you encourage that in your classrooms? And, and, and I know Dennis, you're full remote right now. Um, how, how do you do that? Or what would you say? We can't hear you. I, okay, I'm sorry. It was, um, you, I think your hand was hurting from the colossal Arizona iced tea you've been drinking. Like, I don't know how you were able to get that. Look, I'm not even supposed to have that right now. I'm supposed to be on a water bench. Like, stop. Yeah, you're so if you're going to cheat, right don't now. cheat on camera, man. You got to be better than that. So um, I'll get back to water after this. Uh -huh. uh, I have a big bottle of it somewhere. Yeah. Um, we're actually sure. like in a hybrid model right now. We have kids coming back and one of the things I'll say about like all adults at this time, um, the mantra that we are lifelong learners is being put to the test unlike ever before right now. Um, show me your level of learning, your level of being vulnerable, your level of resiliency is all happening right now. And Melissa, like you said something earlier about like how like SEL was being blended because you're giving students voice. The biggest thing that I try to challenge everyone to think about right now is stop trying to do everything in isolation. Like you have a team for a reason. And one of the secrets about education that we don't talk about too often is a lot of times we go into our classroom and we close our doors and that's our world. Uh, we make it happen. Or guess what? You can't close that door right now. Right. And because you can't close that door right now, how are you still going to make it happen? Because at the end of the day, kids still have to learn how to read. Still kids need to know that they are cared about, that they're loved. Like, how are you going to do that now in this virtual world? And the only way you can do it is like to really say, here are my strengths. Here are areas I need to improve on. What is that continuum? I'm not asking a single person to be great today. I'm not asking a single person to be great tomorrow. Uh, this is an adaptive change. So that means it's going to take a little bit of time. Now, what I am asking is that you give it your best every single day because I can promise you I'm going to give you mine. And I'm going to be the first person to tell you about my mistakes before you even tell me mine. So that way it changes the dialogue. I'm also trying to go into classrooms and do what I asked some of the teachers to do. Because it's one thing to for me to say, hey, this is the plan. It's another thing for me to sit down, try it and say, oh, now I'm seeing some of the shortcomings of this. So it's also um, just going back and just, just being human, being understanding of the people that are around you, understanding that teachers are also in the middle of a pandemic too, as they're trying to learn here, the pandemic is still around them when they go back to their homes. 
So anything that you can do that can fuse people together, bring them together, let them know that you're going to support them and be that united front, you go for it. Wow, to follow up behind Dennis, who, you know, what I think about is uh, there's a quote by uh, 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 Hepburn who says, you know, nothing is impossible because the word itself says I'm possible. And what I think that happens is there's a level of vulnerability on all ends. We're in this unknown territory and everyone is in the unknown territory. And we're trying to navigate and figure it out. Um, it's hard to build relationships virtually. You know, like that, that's, that's a hard thing to do. And really figure how do I do this in a way that is intentional when I can only see you on a screen. And so you have to hope that when you show up as an educator, you keep showing up consistently. You can't just say like, okay, I'm gonna create this space for you. Like you have to then show up in a way that you can't do in a classroom if you're remote. And I think that there's a tension because teachers who love to teach want to be, be able to sit in that space and be able to say, why don't you just come sit in the space with me? Because if you just sit with me, it will be fine. Like we'll figure it out because that's a thing you can do. But when you have this virtual wall that exists all the time, it's hard to figure out, well, can I trust? Can I build relationship? Can I build rapport with you? Because you are consistently just somebody I see on the screen. And so now we're trying to figure out, at least in my community, how can we be, be creative to create uh, community days where kids can come in and actually see their teacher? So even if you put on like the little face mask, you know, the um, plastic shield and you come in with the, or even a plastic shield that has the covering over your mouth so you can still see the mouth, but you might not be able to, you know, engage, like you, there's, that's the barrier. I can't think of it right now. I think that's doing our kids a better service um, because then they can see that person. They can take that walk with them. And even if it's just for an hour, an hour and a half a week or every two weeks, it's starting to build a momentum that is, you know, just beautiful. So I just think let's be open to what the possibilities can be. Awesome. And, and Jacqueline, thanks. For, thanks for jumping in. We've been talking about uh, at, at the jump before you came in about student voices behind the mask or behind the screen. What are some things that you are doing to help out some of our new educators out there for, you know, student voice and ensuring that they have an opportunity to contribute and, and in the classroom or at, at home through Zoom? What are, what are some things you're doing? Yeah, so we're hybrid. Um, so um, the girl next to me, she's actually new to Chicago. Um, and, you know, so it's just been really interesting because we're both new to the school. Um, and she's only, I think, a third year educator. Um, but, you know, it's kind of funny that we, um, I haven't had, it's funny because like I haven't had any issues with like how to do hybrid, how to, you know, um, how to do the teaching. Like I get in front of my kids every day and I'm like, this is the best. I mean, I'm having the best time. Um, my kids are really excited to be at school. Um, I don't know if I, I'm new to the middle school, so I don't know if this is just like a sixth and eighth grade thing that they're just like excited but um, we have so much fun every single day. And I think that that's what is giving me life. Like, even though it's really hard to balance both, um, but the girl next to me and I both feel like we are not at all part of the school community. Um, and I think that's where we're struggling the most because I think for us, the teaching is coming very easy. I, you know, I think we went into this hybrid model, very nervous, very scared. I think a lot of teachers didn't, I, there's still a lot of kinks that we have to work out because it's just, I mean, you know, it's, it's madness pretty much every day, you know, like you're trying to answer emails from, um, the kids that are at home and then still trying to teach the kids that are in front of you. Um, but I will say that, you know, besides not feeling really part of the school community, it's been really nice to be back in front of the kids and just, I don't know, just like the energy is just so different this year, I feel. And again, I don't know if it's because of 
because I'm in a different environment, it's not high school anymore. Um, but the kids are just so excited to be there. And it's, I try to feed off of that. I try to give them, you know, some fun things to do. We meditate, we, you know, do goal check-ins. We do, um, you know, I try to do some sort of creative something every single class period because that's just like, they love discussion. They love being able to still talk to each other because they didn't for four months. Yeah, you no, know, we, so. and we were just, we were talking about that before, before we even, we started with Carrie and, and doing some of her sketch notes and on YouTube with, with her daughter that that's awesome. But I, I'm going to throw it out to, to, to all of you. Like, what's an example of how you've incorporated meaningful student voice or agency in there? Like, I'd love to hear some suggestions that you're doing. Jacqueline just gave some great suggestions. What are some of the things that you're doing to help out our new educators out there who are, who are just starting or our new teachers who are shifting positions? Because I know we have some here. Uh, share some examples. I think that would really, really help some people in, in knowing what you're doing. We heard morning meetings. We heard some of the things that Jacqueline was doing with the in-class activities. Heard about Melissa's uh, weather project. But I'd love to hear some more of what, what you're all doing to, to help out those who watch and, and those who are here with us tonight. I think something I'm doing is just normalizing that this is not normal and continuing to remind the students every day that this is not normal and we're going to make our own normal, but we don't have to follow the rules. And there are school rules that we have to follow, but what we do in our classroom, we're building this together. I keep using that analogy with them. We're, we're building the plane as we're flying it. If you have a better idea than me, tell me. And they do. And a lot of the time they have better ideas than what me and my co-teacher have. And even for example, with our class jobs, I had your typical class jobs laid out. They had way better ideas than I had. And we're like using, what? What are some of that they had? Like class DJ was one what? that I never used before. Yeah. We play a lot of music and my students were asking one day, they're like, Miss Adrian, your music kind of stinks. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Just, there you go. And they were like, can we pick the genre? And I was like, okay, so they want to listen to what they want to listen to. And I don't really care. Like Melissa said, I've been in fourth grade before. The music's for them. It's not for me. So if they don't like my music, I appreciate that they can share their voice and that they feel comfortable enough in the classroom, in our school community, that in our classroom family, that they can tell me, I don't like your music and they're choosing. Um, we go outside every day for a mask break. And I've really been struggling with trying to make it instructional and then finding the balance of these are children that are not used to wearing masks all day. They need to actually just take a mask break. It doesn't always have to be instructional. And we've been building and working on how to have um, appropriate conversations and just building that pragmatic skills and social skills. And there's sometimes that I don't bring anything outside. I just let them be kids. And they're building this program with me. And it's taken me about six weeks to really realize that they're in the driver's seat. No, and that's a facilitator. That, that is awesome. And just gave me, uh, just gave me an idea and uh, we're, I'm just going to run with it. Mm -hmm. um, thanks to our amazing sponsor, Gaggle. Class DJ is going to be one of the things that I put out this week on Twitter and Gaggle is going to give away a, an Amazon Echo to somebody this week and, and they can play awesome. Class DJ. So, well, I'll tell them tomorrow, but um <laughs> That's what we're going to do this week. Give give away something because, as you said, they could just say, you know, hey, hey, Alexa, play whatever, and, and that'd be a great way to way to do it. So well, that's I, happening, by the I way. I'm going to put that out. They don't really like it as much as I do, so yeah. they don't even know what it is. And I'm like, that would be a great idea. Get them an Alexa and get the yeah. class to run. All right. So Emily, Molly, you're like laughing. Is that like an old person like uh, idea no, or no? For my, my oh. Amazon just started talking because it heard you say it. Like <laughs> <laughs> it, it heard you the computer and it started talking in the background. Right, it could cause some issues. Now that I yeah. think about it, we're still, we're still um, gonna run with it. Yeah, no, what, cool. what are you two doing? DJ all the time. We do it every day. So like it's one of our job lists too. We do Zoom DJ and they love it. Awesome. What are some other ideas? And, and great idea, Kimberly. Make sure it's kid, uh, the kids' version for safe and, and FERPA. That is awesome. This is like real time stuff. I love yeah, it. That's true. We do DJ the day too. And it's like a dance party at the end of the, every day. And I think, Melissa, you actually had said that you guys do a dance party. My kids are obsessed with it. And it's at the end of the day. So a lot of their siblings are done and like all their siblings come and dance. And it's really fun. Um, but 
to move past the DJ since we all agree on that. I also think that something that I've been doing is Google Forms, which I know isn't necessarily voice, but I have a lot of kids that are really camera shy and really shy to use their voice. And they're in third grade and they're scared and they're learning on the computer and they don't like, some of them are super excited to share their opinion when they have the chance, but some of them are a little bit more withdrawn. So every Friday I do a check-in and they have the chance to type like anything they want to say, ask some fun questions, ask some questions about school and that like gives me a good idea of what they want, but also gives them the chance to talk if they're maybe nervous to do that in front of the whole class. No, and, and, and that's great. Um, I'll chime in. Yeah. We just kicked off Genius Hour last week and the kids are creating a project where they're going to research it. They're going to present it, but they also have to present an activity for all of us to do. So it's not just a sit and get. Um, it's a pretty long project because there's a lot of research involved, but it's completely whatever they want to do. So they're excited. Well, I think it goes back to something Craig said too about not always recreating something that we've already, we've always done, like giving students choices, like picking a project that you've done for forever where the output's always the same. So maybe just rethinking about it and thinking about what choices can you build into a project now that whether you're hybrid or virtual, that might give students more choice in either how they express that idea or how they share that idea, how they how they research that idea. Maybe it's not all books, but if anytime, maybe just taking something you already do and really it being intentional about how you can give students choices and how they create or how they go after that material. And then that's going to lead to giving the students some voice too, or maybe asking students what, how they want to, you know, what they want the choices to be in a project. No, absolutely. And, and what are some ideas um, that you're doing for student agency, not just, just the voice? What are some things that you're doing to, uh, you know, Arrow is talking about jobs or, or Dennis, what are some of you doing to empower your students to be leaders? that mute button again i know that sugar in the arizona iced tea as long as you keep it on mute we can just start teasing you are you talking about me no no craig i wouldn't talk about you we're making fun of dennis because he's ah. it's this mute thing i mean it's, it's I, I know it's like our first time on zoom and stuff so that the mute button's probably new <laughs> He says he's having trouble with his internet. Connection. Oh yeah, that this the kid forgot his homework too. Like, he... <laughs> All right, can you guys oh, hear me? Christine's coming to your defense. Go easy. You okay, cannot, you cannot forget your homework in the virtual world. Like, come on, like <laughs> you're at home. How can you use that excuse anymore? Yeah. It's the same thing as like there's no more snow days. Right. Like, if it snows, then I'm gonna close school now. They're gonna say, pull out your devices. We can do this virtually now. Yes. See. You you just ruined it for everybody. So <laughs> the voice of ruin. Tomorrow, All right, so now I'm gonna like, now I'm gonna empower you. What do you what do you what are you doing? And then anybody to empower student leadership that the student voice. Um, one that of the things that we're starting to do um, coming up this week um, is we're starting to start to meet with small groups of students to hear like what are their concerns or what are some things that they want to see happening within our schools um, because it's still their school. And right now, like my internet connection is messed up. So like, I hope you guys can hear me and I'm not frozen on my end, but- You would know. It, just because we're in the virtual world doesn't mean that students shouldn't have a say in some of the things that are taking place for their learning. And that was one of the shifts that we were trying to make. I'm not just saying my school, I'm talking about the schools in general prior to COVID. It's a little bit more of a challenge now in the virtual world, but we still owe it to our students to listen to see what is the best modality to meet their needs, whether it's just social emotional needs, whether it's their learning needs. So in order to do that, you have to take the time to sit down and talk. Um, we're gonna try to embed them in more of our student announce our morning announcements. Jason Love is the master of morning announcements. Uh, Jason Love also spear, um, spearheaded the creative arts team and giving options at the end of the day for our virtual learners to participate in their choice of creative arts for the day. So instead of going back to the mindset of you have to be in this many creative arts to get this much exposure, we're saying, well, if you want to go to Fayette for two hours in the afternoon and your parents give you permission to do it, go for it. Uh, we also 
had the opportunity. Um, there's this gentleman in our school that uh, does a lot of comedy and we created an improv class for our students to give them more power to be in front of audiences so that they can speak and be comfortable doing that. And that's going along with those communication skills because if you can't get up and communicate with other people, how are you going to be able to navigate the different terrains that we expect kids to be in? So we're, 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 we're experimenting at our school a little bit. And so far the kids are loving the experiences that we're giving them. No, no, that's, that's awesome. And um, cause I know we have a big group on today and we're getting close to, to our nine fifteen Eastern time. I'd love for each of you to, to just give either an idea, a suggestion for, for our new folks or something you've tried that has, really empowered students that have given them a voice to, to, to make them feel like they have a place, as Dennis said, as part of their school or, or their classroom. Um, so I'd love to hear from you before we sign off that each of you could give something to, to our viewers or each, our new educators here, something that you can do during this time in whatever setting you're in to give students that voice and get them from behind that mask and have them represent themselves and just jump in. And Craig, I know you're going on vacation. So if you want to go first, and I know then you got to jump off, feel free to free to jump in. I was more concerned about Dennis actually being frozen. Yeah, that, that's what I was paying. <laughs> that has been taken that has taken over for sure. It's in I think Dennis should start because I want to make sure that it's all steady for his, you know, his ability <laughs> to communicate with us. You know, I love you, bro. <laughs> love you. <laughs> Cut Dennis and slack. He's got to get to Wendy tomorrow. None of you are even moving on my screen right now. So I don't even know if you can really hear me or if you're interacting with me. This is, this is fun. no feedback from anybody right now. And let's talk about that part. Like, that'll be my part. Um, okay. In the virtual world, sometimes it's a challenge just to understand the feedback that you pray that you miss from having like kids in person and somehow even if it's give me a response in the chat give me a thumbs up with um the emotions that you can uh have at the bottom of the screen somehow make sure that while you're in this virtual world you're still connecting and getting a level of feedback and that you are also giving feedback back to others because right now your body language says it all for you so when we're talking about student voice, also know that their body language plays a role in how they're communicating and connecting with you, just like as yours does with them. And I'm gonna stop because none of you are moving on my end. Yeah, well, that so is that is a pro move right like, there. So that is that is a guy who's just rolling with it. We might all be off the air at this point. He's just going, he is that good. Um, so, but that's a good way to, to, to start off. And now he's off the screen. So love to hear from, from each one of you before we sign off a, a suggestion idea or something for somebody to try this week or upcoming weeks? I'll do something really uh, like a quick one and then something that's a little bit longer. So I do a lot of um, just like form check-ins with my students, um, just like, how are you doing? Is there anything you need? Um, are things like working for you? Are they not? You know, just a very quick, like three question check-in. Um, and they really appreciate it. They really like that just so that, you know, um, I can see like what's going on. Um, another thing that I have done is I've done a lot of advocacy projects. So projects where they can get involved in the community um, and either share some information with the community, start a, um, you know, some sort of advocacy project with the community. Um, but technology is really great for getting involved with, you know, people within the community. So I really encourage that for my kids. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Other I'll ideas? I'll go next. My favorite thing that I've done like thus far has been home happenings on Flipgrid and I'll keep it. Oh. And for my, for my kiddos that I had student taught with for the full year, we actually kept it through the summer and they were still uploading stuff throughout the summer of just different things that were going on at home, different things that they were learning. And it was so cool to just like, I always connected with family before, but to really have that, you know, family involvement uh, and sibling involvement with the kids and really seeing a different side of them. That's my favorite thing because it really just opens the door to learning and kind of bridges that and so I have kept that even now I'm still getting to know obviously my students with me being in just going into my second week but that home happenings is where I really learn like not only who my students are but what their family life's like what they're like who their friends are it's really cool to see so that's has to be my favorite pieces my home happenings tab on Flipgrid that's a, that, that's awesome 
I'll go next. Um, I've been building in more mindfulness than ever. I'm, I love mindfulness and meditation, but this year it's just been so important for me to be able to read my students' body language and just know when we need to just all stop and pause. And I built a Zen zone, a calming corner in my classroom, and we've been modeling how it's okay for any student to go in at any time of the day. You just pick yourself up, go calm down, and it doesn't even have to be calm. You can just, if you don't want to listen to me teach anymore, just get up and move. And it's been a little awkward in the beginning. I think some of the students felt like it was for students that were in trouble. But then I started going in when my co-teacher was teaching. And the kids are like, why are you in there? And I'm like, it's okay. I just want a break. It's okay. And we've been modeling when it's appropriate to just take a pause. And it's taken a couple of days to understand how to use this type of space or how to use mindfulness or meditation or an appropriate mask break, but just sharing with the students every day that if they don't feel like this is, if they feel like this is not normal, it's not. This is not normal for any of us. And um, I feel like it's taken about six weeks for them to really understand that we don't want to be wearing masks either, but we're doing this because we have to, and we'll make this as enjoyable as we can for all of us. And we'll build this program together. So just working with the kids, getting down on their level has been really helpful for me. Awesome. No, that's a good one. Thank you for sharing. I'll go next. Um, I pick Melissa, you all, I love watching you when you go to talk because it's like you're surprised. Like you don't know we're part of something. You're just like, I'm going to go next. Oh, well. Um, I pick two kids each week and they're reporters for the week and they showcase our learning for that week. So instead of me typing up something on a website or sending out a newsletter, they showcase it on Flipgrid. I send them pictures throughout the week because we take lots of pictures. The parents take lots of pictures and send them to me because I create a weekly video too. So they like our newscasters, especially with Flipgrid's newest uh, upgrades and everything, they love it. And it's two reporters each week and then they own their learning and can jazz it up as best as they want, so. Yeah, that's awesome. So mine's not going to be much different than what I've said, but just pick one lesson this week to give students choice to do something different. And I just, anytime we can give them the power to make a choice in their life, like Ariel said, so much has been taken away from them. You know, anytime we can give them a choice in their learning, we're going to see, you know, them do great things that we weren't, we didn't expect them to do, and they're going to surprise us. And so I think just pick one thing that you can give students to, to have a choice in or have a choice creating in that, in your week. Um, can do one simple thing, can do really great things for your classroom. That's awesome. And, and Emily, were you coming forward to unmute? And you, one, you could teach Dennis how to do that. Two, you can, you can go next. Okay. Um, one small thing that I have been doing with some of my kids in person, um, we have lots of feelings in my in-person class, lots and lots of feelings. And sometimes there's not, they can suck you dry sometimes and they're taking over instruction time. So I've given some of the kids um, like a sticky notepad and they'll write me notes about like what, how they're feeling. And it's something that I've never tried before, but another teacher suggested that to me and it's working really well for my kids so far. If there's not time for them to come up to me and like have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, then they can write me a note. I think that's been good. And for student agency, something this week that I'm going to try to do, I'll let you know how it goes. We've done lots of like independent work on like Word or PowerPoint or forms where they go in by themselves. But this week we're going to send them into breakout rooms and they're gonna work on it together. So I'll say like, all right, between the five of you, you need to, one of you needs to share their screen, be the typer, do all this. So to kind of like build that like ownership and leadership within the little group. So we'll see how that goes, but planning on doing little small group things where they're in control this week. Nice. So um, I've been doing a lot of things that have already been mentioned. So like Carrie said, like giving them choices and their assignments. Like Ariel said, we also do mindfulness every day and our school actually has a subscription to Inner Explorer. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that, but it's like a meditation website for kids. So we have episodes that we watch every day after lunch to calm down. But besides those things, something like kind of silly, but I think helps their voice and helps them kind of build the classroom community is 
building in time for casual conversations while you're remote learning. Because like when you're in school, when you're coming back from recess and putting your coat away, you're going to be talking like, oh, I love my lunch. I had chocolate pudding with my lunch today. And on remote, you sign on and everyone kind of expects that the teaching starts. So like for five to seven minutes between each transition time, if they want to talk and tell me something or tell each other something, like I add in that time and I let them have that. And it really doesn't take anything away from our lesson and helps them get to know each other and feel more comfortable in their remote classroom. Awesome. Did everyone get a chance to jump in? I don't want to wrap up if, if you didn't. All right. Craig, you're heading out tomorrow. You're going away somewhere fun. What do you... Nice. Oh yeah, I am going uh, to uh, New Hampshire, well, which seems so far away, but I'll be two hours away, uh, enjoy some mountains and, uh, you know, nice quality time with uh, candles and stuff. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would say one thing that I think is interesting is having maybe having kids pick a day like a fun Friday where they get to create a, a creative snack and maybe showcase a snack uh, that could be cool. It could be like a, you know, community cooking class, but you know, an opportunity where kids take what they have, be ingenious with it and, you know, kind of see where things go because kids love to be ingenious about it. So I would add that along with the other things that I've heard today. Yeah, awesome. Um, one of the things that, that I've tried this year, and, and we've been trying to use um, Newzella, to, it's an online program to increase uh, literacy, and, and it can be could be dry at some times, just to be honest with you. But one of the things we've said is, how about you all pick the articles this week, or you all go research something, because it's doing two things for me. As, a, as the curriculum director, it allows our students to see everything, first of all, to see the capacity of what's out there and to see some of the things that they're interested in so they get to, to use the program. And then if they're picking readings that they like, and I know the other kids are gonna like them too. So it's, it's giving them that, that voice and that choice, but it's also reaching that educational goal of like, we're still gonna do this, but here's, here's parameters that you can go research it and it's really helped our students to get comfortable with the programs and also start to support some of our teachers and in, in, in seeing some of the nuances in it. So um, this has been awesome. It's always great to get everyone together. We've been off for, for two weeks. Uh, Dennis, it's great to see you. It's great to see everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. Gaggle, thank you for all you've done for us. Coming soon, you're going to see some some shirts on, that we have from, from the programs. We're giving away an uh, Amazon Echo this week. Uh, so, hey, Alexa, get, get ready to purchase something. So <laughs> see if that triggered it. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And as Carrie said, choose a lesson this week, give the students that voice, and have an unbelievable week. And we'll see you next Sunday, 830 Eastern. And we're going to be back and you'll, we're going to continue to chat about what that topic is, but it's going to be to, to help all of our new educators out there and you in this new educational realm that we're all in. So thank you, everybody. Thank you for those who tuned in. And if you're watching it on replay, thank you for whenever it is that it, you watch. And I see my mother's here again. So Ma, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, everybody. Craig, have a blast on vacation. So funny. <laughs> yeah, Craig's Craig's out of here. Oh, hold on. Turn off the Say what you need to say. 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 Say what you need to say.